Hello and welcome to The Leaderverse with your hosts, Drew Lee, Lucas Sheradin, and me, Jesse Button. I'm so excited for today's conversation, y'all. We ask some big questions today, like, how do you know when you're winning? Really, what are the benchmarks of personal growth? And who is it that you are becoming? Is this person becoming themselves by default? Or are you constructing your life intentionally? All that and more today on The Leaderverse. So I do have an agenda for today, if, if we could, because I'm curious, because of the project that I'm working on individually, what is your idea of how a leader develops themselves personally and how will you know if you're winning that game? Because in my experience, we talk about personal development and all of us are into it. And we read, we go to seminars, we do different things. But how do you know you're winning? So what, like, I, I'd like us today to like maybe have a real tactical conversation because I think you two would really agree on this. What's What does it mean to you? How do we develop the person of leadership, the person behind leader? How do you develop your authentic voice? How do you become the maximized, self-actualized person that you're created to be? And how do you know that you're winning? I mean, how, because that it can feel like you're always reaching for a carrot that's never there. And I know it's a journey. I, I get that part. But how do you know you're winning? Because if we're frustrated, I think people quit and burn out because they're frustrated. So so I'm going to start with Jesse because I know Drew is going to collect his thoughts. And because Jesse, yeah. your TikTok is, I read books on psychology so you don't have to, right? Exactly. So please follow Jesse Button on, on TikTok. And so, but, but nonetheless, how do you, what's your plan? How do you know you're winning? How how do you know? So the first word that comes to mind in the, it's hard in the land of personal development and personal growth to set benchmarks, right? Because like, we know how we're winning the game of, uh, of uh, well, in any business we're in with those, with those benchmarks, are we hitting our goals? We know when and where we're supposed to be, right? That's easy. But when it comes to becoming yourself as a leader, what are the, I would need to know what are the benchmarks? That's where I, I would start. So what comes to your mind when you think of benchmarks for personal development for you? Just go personal. As a leader, as somebody who's a great leader, mm -hmm. what are the benchmarks you set for yourself and say, I need to develop these things? I think, um, okay, so great great leaders have, have one thing, followers, right? So the first thing I look to is, am, do I keep my people? I would look at the results and the growth of my people to in order to gauge myself as a leader so That's you're sitting here, here here's yeah, what I, lo I love the fact that we're having this conversation and i hope this resonates with people where you immediately went to it seems like is where all leaders go to is on output but they don't they don't have a benchmark for input so how do i know internally i'm becoming who i am without having an extrinsic measure yeah how do I know i'm developing because i'm, I'm going to guess there are people here that they need to develop how they influence people but they're amazing people of character and fortitude and they're developing themselves and they're being faithful to the gifts that they've been given. They just need to figure out how to tweak their influencing of others. So yeah. it's two separate things. So how do you, Jesse Button, know that you're developing you? How do I know that I'm developing me? Yeah, there's, okay. So I had a great, I had, 
had a great coach that gave me the simplest spreadsheet in the, in the world. And there was two things a month. It was just two blanks per every month that I had to fill in. And one of those, and they had to be for personal growth. So that could be a book that I was reading. Um, and that, or that could be a conference that I went to, like it was planned personal growth and it was two main things a month. And so I think that helped for me, that was, I was able to check a box off that way at the very least. Um, but yet looking back on it now, it was kind of disorganized, right? Like it was uh, arbitrary and disorganized. I just kind of picked things that I knew, I knew would develop me and I knew I would learn things and I knew I was passionate about what I was going to be learning, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't really organized. So what I'm hearing you say, is, and I, I love this actually, and I think this is one of the thoughts that I had is you actually grew a lot because you had a plan in place. You actually had some intentionality, even if it was unorganized, it still was a box you could check off, a plan in place. And so I think if I'm listening to this, I'm thinking, okay, key number one, do I have a written plan about how I want to develop myself, books I'm listening to, podcasts, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Drew, I, I, I'm talking to Jesse. I'm watching you. Like I'm a little nervous too, actually, because I'm seeing you go to your library and pull books off and pull notebooks out and everything else. It's like, okay, I literally set him up, gave him about five minutes to prepare, and he's going to pack a punch here. So, uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts? Seriously though, because you coach people, and you know, if, if for me, a leader is a person who influences people to accomplish a purpose. There's three buckets. The first bucket is we don't attract what we want; we attract who we are. So, how do we help? ourselves, other people develop? And what what are the benchmarks? What are the thoughts that you have around that? Well, first, I think you've got to be really crystal clear on what, what problem you're attempting to solve, whether it be for yourself, and more importantly, if you're going to influence other people, is what problem are we attempting to solve? You know, Steve Jobs said, if you define the problem correctly, you almost already have the solution. And so often, you know, we're, we're attempting to solve problems that aren't, you know, especially related to growth. We read things, you know, there are a lot of people that I know and you see it on, you know, social media is like, Hey, I just read this book and I've just read this book. They're consumers of information. Mm -hmm. When you look at their book reads, it's like, okay, what's the common denominator? What problem are you attempting to solve through your growth and through your reading? I once had a leader, uh, she called me a prostitute. <laughs> because she said she said you're 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 all over the place and it's like you're a prostitute of information and and you go That's all so to these different funny. seminars and learning and you're uh you know you're you're not focusing on one thing um as as you know as if that is the the only solution the the one thing answer yeah. And, and I, I looked at her and she said, you know, it's just you're like, you're all over the place. You've got all these certifications. You've been to all these programs. It's just like, you're a prostitute of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I said, but that's over a 10 year journey. And in that 10 year period, what I found is there are different seasons yeah. where I want to heavily focus on improving relationship, my relationships, people in my family. Well, what I, what I noticed at the same time is for some weird reason, I was also attracting people that were married couples and they were also business partners. And I found myself at times struggling to help them through the boundaries of working with your spouse or working with your partner and how to be a great partner and how to, you know, how do you invite somebody who you, 
you know, you lay next to at night, how do you invite someone to come into your business when you've been running it solo for five, 10 years and now they come in? That's a big topic I, in the real estate space. I know that's a huge topic. <laughs> it, it, it is. And it's, and it's a huge topic in retail, in restaurants and just entrepreneurship that often happens sure. where, you know, there's, there's a business and that business grows to the point where, you know what, you know, my, my, my spouse needs me at the, at the hardware store, you know, whatever it is, if the business grows to a point, it so often pulls that other team member, that other, you know, family member, kids, spouse, et cetera, into the business and they feel compelled or they want to go and there's a desire to go help. I found myself really struggling with helping them. And so I can't fix them. I can only work on me. Yeah. The, the cause and effect of, okay, well, I can go to the root cause is, is it what I know or is it what I don't know? And I need to go learn such that by learning it, I can help other people around me improve. So I went and took programs around relationship and therapy and relationship coaching and uh, a program called Passion Projects and the and the five love languages and communication and and everyone leads and you know everyone um what what is it what's the John Maxwell book um everyone communicates few connect I believe is the title let's say which one <laughs> <laughs> and, you know and and of course Dale Carnegie's How to Win with People so all of these things they were they were very connected with a purpose in mind. Yeah. How can I help improve my relationship and how can I help other people improve their relationships where ultimately it also affects their business relationship? It's all okay. relationship driven. So my growth plan became extremely intentional until, and how do you measure it? Until I started seeing the work that we were doing was having greater effects, better outcomes than the work that I had done previously. So what I hear, if I could synthesize what you're saying, because I want to make sure I'm clear, because I think that this, this we, the personal development space is a multi-billion dollar space. And I think it's because pe people are prostitutes, people are all over the map, people are whatever the terminology is. I, I love that somebody called you a prostitute. Drew. I like <laughs> I like info junkie a little better. Info junkie is probably a little bit more appropriate for, <laughs> for the common man, but for Drew, prostitute, <laughs> prostitute kind of work. But what I hear you say is, and make sure I'm correct, is you let life be your teacher. And as situations that you're not comfortable surface within you or around you, you let that be your guide saying, okay, this stresses me out, or I'm not sure about this, whatever. I'm going to go master this. And you don't set out like, what do I need to master? You let life kind of say, you need to master this big guy. Yes. Yeah. What are the, what are the problems that show up that if, if I could go work on me, those problems either go away or they become easier to navigate. They become more manageable. I, I, you, there, in my mind, there's so much wisdom in that. So uh, the wisdom I'm gaining out of, off of you two so far, one, Jesse is like, have a plan. Uh, have something in writing. And the truth is like, I, I read this the other day, uh, Craig Ballantyne's book called The Perfect Day, I think is the name of the book. But he he talked about, it says, imagine you're on, you, you go to Rome for a vacation and you do no research, you have no plan, you show up and you go, well, let's go see the Colosseum because that's the only thing in Rome I know. And you go see the Colosseum, but you got another seven days. He says, how foolish would it be to go to the eternal city and not have a plan put in place? 
And he says, that's exactly though how we live our lives. We don't have a plan and it's not in writing. It's kind of thoughts in our head. So Jesse's wisdom is let's put a plan down, put it in writing, write it down. Drew's lesson is life has a really good way of stress, creating stressor situations, circumstances that, man, I, I'm not good at that. So whenever that comes up, okay, let's go put a plan around that and, and lean into that. Like right now I'm, I'm really working on how do I stay in, in an inner peace? You know, like how, even though the storm outside rages, how does the, the, the internal reality stay calm? And that mm-hmm. is, I mean, this last week I was just telling Jesse, it was like, boom, 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 boom. And Oh, by the way, I got not got to, I had the honor of going to watch my daughter get her master's degree from college. And it's like in the middle of, all this chaos, that employee that didn't work out and on and on and on and on. How does Lucas stay at peace? And and so I'm doing the Drew Lee plan. It's like, oh, that's what life is showing me right now. Let me lean into that. Let me find reading on how to separate the meaning I'm attaching to an event. How do I, how do I get recentered? How do I lean into my faith where I find not theoretical piece, but where I find real practical inner peace. And so that's what I'm hearing from you too. Is that, yeah, it's just, does your growth match your current challenges, obstacles, problems, limitations that then you're working to overcome them in some way. It's like a mental workout. You know, if you, if you're, if you find yourself unhappy with your, you know, your weight, for example, or your health. Okay. That's one of those easy metrics. I get it on the scale. I don't like the number then okay well then what do you do about it you focus on your diet you focus on your exercise you focus on the things that you can improve and control and then you'll see a different outcome show up in the learning space in the personal growth space it's not so well defined the part that is though is are you clear on what outcome you're working to improve Mm. What's, what's the scale? What's the number? What's the problem? And, and if, and if you went back and you looked at my, like my growth, my personal growth over years, you would find very specific seasons and you would see, you know, 80% of the books that I'd read that year were very similar on one topic, one to two specific topics. Um, you know, I, I, I'm often asked, you know, financial questions, you know, I'm like, I'm one of the weird people that have actually like taken a significant portion of the certified financial planner curriculum just for the education. Like I'm never going to sit through a 10 hour test, but I went through Boston universities, much of their curriculum on insurance, on planning, on estate planning, on, on, on business plan, on, on all of those elements. And just to, to discover things financially that would improve my own literacy score. I went through Dave Ramsey's program. I, I took a, a profit first certification. I kind of got labeled for a while. I was like, hey, he's the finance guy. I'm like, wait, wait, I'm working to solve my own crap. I'm working <laughs> to figure, I'm working to figure out how to have better behavior and a better relationship with money. Cause I knew how to have a bad relationship with it. I knew how to have a very, very dysfunctional one-sided, sometimes abusive, addictive relationship and, and a bad one with money. And it wasn't serving. I, I look and say, well, I made X. Well, where is it? Yeah. Where, where'd it go? So along that journey, there was a long period of time where that was all I was reading because it was attention. It was intentionally attempting to solve a specific problem. And in the, in the wake of doing that, it helped everyone that I was that was also struggling with that at a similar time frame. 
I love that because it would, would, I think because we as leaders, and this is this is a big big topic, is we must continually grow. We must con- we must constantly be curious. We must constantly wake up and not be the know it all. I I recently had somebody kind of come across like they don't need coaching. Back off! I already know how to do this, and I've got a lot of experience. And I, I get that. And I think we've all kind of even we've seen it in others. We've also kind of taken all that attitude from time to time. Great leaders just literally are constantly learning. They're constantly growing. They're constantly expanding. My, my challenge has always been: there's so much to know. And what I lo- love about what you just said is you're you're figuring out your own person. You're you're figuring out your own stuff, and and therefore that kind of gives you some pathways. How else would you guys say? Like if somebody's listening to this, say I'm I'm an aspiring leader. I'm a great leader. I know we've got people like the Andy Andrews organization that listens to this, and we got people from you know the Keller Williams world and from Place and different worlds that listen to this. Say if I'm going to develop myself as a leader, what what counsel would you give them? What advice? What wisdom would you give them? Other than what we've talked about. Oh yeah. So um, it, you, so you need a starting point, and I think I mean just to plus again. Drew's point, you have to start with the problem. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know how to answer that question or rather the first question I would ask them was, I would say is what's your biggest problem? I think people avoid personal growth when they have major problems, which is, I mean, the silliest thing in the world, because our problems are our opportunities for this personal growth. And I think Lucas, that's part of your inner peace as well. So if you're growing through these problems, right? Like, all right, let's pick up, let's pick a major problem that a ton of people have in, um, in, in our industry or any industry Business is down. And we're looking towards, we're looking out 90 days and we won't be able to be able to pay our bills soon. I don't want to pick up a book on relationships, right. And try to improve my, I'm sorry, I don't, I'm too stressed out and scared. I want to, I want to focus on this. So maybe, maybe the personal growth in that is, learning about tools to deal with anxiety through this. Maybe it's about, um, you you pick, right? But I think focusing on number one, the problem and how, what can I learn during this problem will number one, lead to inner peace and number two, be a benchmark along the way to your personal growth. I love that because I I, I, I had never thought of that, that sometimes in the midst of a crisis, people don't really want to solve the problem. Right. I, I think that actually, because it, it's screaming so loudly that we just don't want to slow down and solve what's really going on there. I, Drew, you, you've talked to many leaders as a coach that are in tilt mode, that they're, yes. they're, they're just, you could tell just uh, probably within 10 seconds of a phone call, a coaching call, you know that they're in tilt mode. How do you tell them that this is your opportunity at this moment to work on this particular, I mean, because I'm sorry, but if if I'm panicked and you tell me to calm down, I'm probably going to punch you in the face. It's like, don't tell me to calm down. I'm calm. You know, it's like, right. So it's hard until to hear the wisdom of the message. So, so coach us through that. Well, that going back to that statement, you know, what is the problem you're attempting to solve is have you identified it? Yeah. Okay. You're in tilt, tilt's an emotional response An emotional response to what? And let's, let's get it out there. Let's actually unpack all of the things that are creating this emotional tilt, this chaos. You know, I, I was reflecting and said, okay, it's like, um, if you had to label today, what do you believe your biggest challenge is that you're facing? 
personally and professionally, and let's just stay on the business conversation for a moment. What do you believe is the biggest challenge that you're facing today? Okay. Now, what evidence do you have that supports that that's the biggest challenge? And where's your ownership in it? Hmm. Because where your ownership is lacking usually is the root of the real issue. My people aren't performing. Okay. And I'm upset about my people not performing and they're not driven and they're not motivated and they're and they're and they're. Okay. Where's your ownership in this? Do you need to learn how to become a better coach or do you need to learn how to become better at hiring people and a better talent scout? And are you now taking that as the real root of the issue? Why aren't my people motivated? Because you keep hiring unmotivated people. My people aren't driven. My people aren't performing. My people aren't committed. My people, my people, my people. Well, you are the common denominator that hired these people. Well, I took the classes and I took the programs. You know, talent scouts, you know what talent scouts are great at, Lucas? What's that? Finding the fault in the player, and then they determine if it's something they can work with and overcome. That's so good. Most entrepreneurs find zero fault in who they hire. They're all amazing. They're all going to be incredible. I have found the future superstar. Great. What's wrong with them? I can't find anything wrong with them. There's your problem. Learn how to pick the faults in the player, and then you'll learn whether that's something you can overcome in that person to know who to actually hire. But that becomes the focal point. Now, how can I get better there, which is the root of the real issue? Yeah. yeah and so I think we, we work on solving so many of our surface issues, or we just follow what other people are doing. And, you know, like the question, hey, what books are you reading? What does that have to do with you? I mean, I'm more than happy to tell you what I'm reading, but that, like Jesse just mentioned, yeah, that I, may have I would... nothing to do with your season and where you are, your problems or your people issues at the moment. It's so funny that we're talking about this because a couple of years ago, I went to Chris Suarez, the co-founder of Place, and I just said, hey, listen, I put together my whatever year book reading list. What, what are the best books you read this last year? He goes, well, what are you working on? And I was a little, real honestly, I was a little frustrated. Like, what do you mean? What am I working on? I want to, he, I want to read what you're reading. And, and looking back, I was like, he was actually right that if I'm not yeah. working on anything, it doesn't matter what I read. It, it's kind of the Alice in Wonderland, the Cheshire Cat type of thing is like, you know, which direction, where are you heading now? And I was like, I don't know which way to go, left or right. And where are you heading, Alice? She goes, I don't know. Then he goes, that doesn't make a difference which way you go. And, and so it's like, that actually is really, really smart that if uh. I, I think that what I'm hearing from you all is as a leader, Whatever's showing up in my life right now, what problem am I trying to solve? And then resource yourself around that. And put a yes. actually, I'm a big proponent anymore of put it, put a plan in writing that is a plan around that. And um, and so like for me, I know what I'm working on right now just as as a leader. How do I get clarity? Which by the way, I don't know that we ever stop working on that. <laughs> you know, how how do we be more clear with what we do want? Because I think as human beings, we're extremely clear on what we don't want. We're just not really because I think that's the way life shows up. But how do we get clear on what we do want? And so for me, it's I don't it's right now I'm thinking to myself, what I want is peace. I'm not running away from stress, I'm running toward peace. I'm running toward security that no matter if I have employees go south or I made a bad hire or I 
I I think a couple of our businesses are down about 50% of profit because of the real estate market right now. And, and so it's like, I'm looking at all those things in the midst of that. How do I stay in peace? Because when I'm in the place of peace, I'm in a place of power and I could come up with a plan that, that attacks that. When I'm in panic, my gosh, when somebody's in panic, pity doesn't help them and panicking with them doesn't help them. So I, I've, for me, it's like, Right now, there's a lot going on that's trying my capacity to stay in peace. So I'm I'm reading things like as a as a v- very devout Christian, I'm reading the Dalai Lama on peace. I'm reading you know <laughs> scriptures on peace. I'm reading Michael Singer on the, the untethered soul, and I'm I'm reading all this stuff and I'm consuming. How do we design the perfect day so things don't go out of your? Like I'm finding myself doing that. I just didn't realize I was doing that. <laughs> Why well, you, you said something that was just really ironic, and it's the antithesis of so often the the way people pursue things and it's their pursuit that can sometimes even be the the challenge itself if the idea is to be at peace well then peace and stillness are synonyms you can't run towards or away <laughs> from anything and be at peace if you've ever seen a body of water that's at peace it has no wind. It's calm. The water is actually not moving. That's funny. Which is the stillness itself. So when you say, I'm I'm trying to run towards peace, well, you can't. Oh my gosh. Thanks, Drew. Because peace is one of those <laughs> things, it's it's not moving. It's the stillness of the moment, which is where people find peace. They're not looking to get anywhere. They're not looking to avoid anywhere. Sure. That moment in time, that snapshot, it's contentment where you are, when you're there, for however long you can keep that moment. And peace is one of those things that's like, it's meditation, it's it's finding stillness. You increase the duration of being at peace. Mm, I can go 20 minutes, 30 minutes. There are people that can't go one minute without, I got, I got things to do. I got, I got to go. I, I can't sit here. I can't sit in stillness for a minute. Mm-hmm. But like endurance, you build your endurance over time where how long can you sit in a place or how long can you sit in a place in life and not feel the pull or the sense of urgency to move forward or back or sideways or one direction or the other to actually be comfortable being right there, right there at that moment. Love that. Love that. Okay. So I'm no longer running toward peace, Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> if, uh, if maybe if you're <laughs> defining peace as like a lack of problems, um, then, th- th- then that would make, a, that would make a little bit more sense. But if our problems are our opportunities to grow in this conversation, bring well, them I, on. I think- I think that uh, Michael Singer, and I love his, uh, there's two books that he wrote that I, I like that Tethered Soul, the surrender experiment. And the surrender experiment kind of had this, has this as the thesis is life's going to show up to reveal us to us. And, and I, I like what you just said, Drew, it's like in my own journey. And I, I ran across a thought on, on a book I was reading uh, called True North, uh, a leadership book for emerging leaders. And he talked about that, that, authenticity only happens when there's self-awareness and self-acceptance. And so I accept the fact that my wheel is tends to, like given to, to its 
own devices. <laughs> I'm going 100 miles an hour at all given times. And yet, that while that's a superpower, that is also a challenge because what then is I I somehow believe a lim- adopt a limiting belief that I could control the world because I could go 100 miles an hour. And that's just simply not true, factual or anything. And, well, and when we control the uncontrollables, that's what leads to stress and frustration. We control it's the, the irony of the search that you're that you're talking about at the same yeah, time. That those who's listening that, that are struggling the same thing is I, you know, I'm driving 100 or 200 miles an hour. I want you to put yourself in like an Indy car or you're driving a Ferrari and you're going, you know, 150, 200 miles an hour, you know, on a on a highway. There's no traffic. It's just a highway. You're still you're not going to go into a Zen peaceful moment. Your adrenaline's pumping. You're going nonstop. If you got a convertible, you can feel the wind and the rush. There's no peace there. I don't know. I've taken many naps driving Luju. So I'm just, you know, I've taken lots of naps driving. So yeah. Yeah, I, I get that. And so it's, it's like I, I, I'm chewing on this thought. And this is what I'm thinking on. This is why I want to have the conversation is like, okay, I, I've actually been here before where I'm like leaning into where do I find peace in the midst of the storm? Where do I find peace in the midst of the chaos? Where do I find peace in the midst of changing markets? Because I know as a leader, once I lose my head, I lose leadership. Once I lose my head, I lose my capacity to influence. The person with solutions is always the leader. So, so how do I stay internally peaceful and authentic Hmm. while we're going through challenges? Because I, this week I've had, you know, agents, real estate agents, country says, I think I need to go get a job. I think I need to quit. I've had people who you're accustomed to closing $20 million of volume a year say I'm at $2 million and here it is May 16th and I don't see it getting any better. I, I have other people that have come to me saying, gosh, my, uh, you know, my, in the real estate space, my brokers that I've literally poured hundreds of thousands of dollars into is not producing the kind of income to, to help me live. How do I not, my tendency is to be so empathetic that I get in that panic boat with them. So how to be empathetic, stay at peace. I'm dealing with my own stuff, dealing with my own issues, my own family stuff and be valid. And so it's like, I've been here before. It's just now this is, it feels like a different level. And I always, yeah, I I mean, you know, there's the old adage, you know, you never swim in the same river twice, right? You're, you're different. The river's different. That's right. That's right. As you say this, here's here's a reflection that I just I, I kind of s- sat back in amazement for a moment. Is you know we're we're all three of us in in the in us in the same space. We're in the same industry as a whole. We're in the same space, um, and we're we're seeing different issues personally, and we're seeing different perspectives. So even though we're experiencing so many of the same um, metrics like the economy, we're experiencing so many of the, uh, so many similarities because we're in the similar, we're in the same space yet we're focusing differently. Like for example, your focus is on how do I find that peace? And, and I'm thinking, all right, my focus is if you look at my reading list for the last, really for the last year, it's Tim Grover winning relentless. It's Angela Duckworth's grit for the third time. Mm-hmm. It's uh, David Goggins can't hurt me. And it's 
you know, it's relentless and it's, it's just, it's a continual, um, how do you build grit, resilience, tenacity? How do you build the muscle to keep going? And arguably we have the same struggles. We're in the same business. We work around the same people. We just see not only different problems, but perhaps even different solutions as leaders. And it doesn't make either or any of us right or wrong. You know, what I want you to really hear if you're listening is like, hey, the way you're approaching the challenges and your solutions and you're driving your personal growth to solve those is probably the most necessary thing for you as a leader and along this journey. So long as there are similarities that you can find amongst what you're learning who you're listening to, what you're attending. And it's not just some random order that's not going to necessarily lead any one direction. But I think it's also a big thing too, is, is I, I used to have a mentor say to me repeatedly, and I don't think I understood it that I, I understood it more now is never abdicate your power, never mm-hmm. abdicate your power. What, what he was trying to get across to me is it's not about that employee that didn't work out. It's not about the, the, the market that may be dipping. It's not about the marriage issues. It's not about the family issues. It's not about it's about how you respond to those issues. When I give those issues or those people the power, you know, I, it's like in the real estate space, people will say, well, I can't find good buyer's agents. They just don't want to work. Well, I, I get that, but you abdicated your power. So quit, abdi- you, right? It's like you put the power in the buyer agent hand, you put that bu- power in somebody else's hand. So it's finding peace or I'm, I'm not even sure how I'm supposed to say this now, Drew, because I'm not driving toward peace because you can't do, I'm really confused, but I, I'll, I'll sort out. But it's like, <laughs> as I'm in this journey toward peace. Which, what you're learning is how to stop driving. You're learning how to slow down. Yeah, probably so. Probably. Maybe if you're flipping the script to, maybe you're not running towards peace. Maybe you're understanding chaos. Yes. That, that, Jeez. Okay. Uh, so if anybody wants to get on one of these uh, podcasts to be coached, to, you know, I don't know why I'm so uncomfortable. I do know why I'm so uncomfortable right now because you guys are putting your finger right in the- I can't, I can't run fast enough. Yeah, What's like, your problem? You're not supposed to be. You're supposed to Tell me to be. slow down. What's your problem? <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, I'm not going to give you the right to take peace from me. I'm not going to give a circumstance the power to take peace from me. And I'm learning that right now. And I think that leaders have to learn that because tough times are inevitable. I mean, it's just part of life and things don't go as planned. And what, who was it? Mike Tyson that said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Right. Yes. Um, So when you get punched in the face, that's actually the most important part of your journey. How do you respond in that moment? And how do you not abdicate your power? Uh, in that moment and give the other person now that other person becomes kind of the Lord of your life because they're in control of you. What I'd encourage someone to do at this point is look at the year as a whole and look at the last 12 months and analyze what have you read? Who have you listened to? What podcasts are you absorbing? What programs have you attended? And, and if you took a step back or you had, you know, those that were close to you, family, friends, or you could take a really neutral look at your growth and development. Does it direct you towards solving Mm. any one issue or improving something? What are the similarities that, Hey, if I go learn this, this, and this, I can probably improve upon these areas because what I'm working towards is, you know, I, I, I didn't really set out to do this intentionally. It just kind of happened. 
but you know, I'm, I've ran a marathon this year. I'm running three in three months, September, October, November, I'm running three separate marathons. Well, what I've learned about endurance running and racing and those type of things, I can't really call it a race because I'm not in contention right now. It's just a run. <laughs> Finishing his competing. to you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but along that is the mental toughness and the resilience, tenacity to keep going when it's hard, when it's a challenge, things on nutrition, things on endurance themselves, form, how to improve. And then just the mental toughness. I was looking at my reading list just this year alone, and it was uh, Discipline is Destiny by Ryan Holiday, High Performance Habits, The Mountain is You, The Motivation Manifesto, Never Finished, Unreasonable Hospitality. That's kind of the only one in that group that's that has nothing to do with the others. Phenomenal book, by the way. And that was a based on, hey, we were all focusing on a similar topic. How do we increase customer service and the experience? But if I notice it's okay, that was somebody else's vision or that was somebody else's growth plan that encouraged other people and said, hey, you guys should read this. It's a great book. And it was a great book. And it is a great book. Not necessarily the focus or the target where I'm at on my personal journey or leadership journey at the moment. So my aha is today, number one, I'm still not sure what word to use in my own personal journey. So I'm going to stay away from that topic because Drew, you just totally robbed my piece. I just abdicated my power to you. So, but if I'm listening, number one is, and even like you just dropped the nugget of wisdom is you actually have a list of books that you've read. So you can kind of reflect on what you're learning. So number one, be really clear with your plan. Don't go to Rome and just say, I'm going to show up at the Coliseum with no plan in place. So if if my greatest asset is my thinking and who I become, write out a plan of how you're going to grow. What books are you going to read? What seminars are you going to attend? What yeah. podcasts are you going to listen to? Who are you going to expose yourself to? I went through a season where I like one-on-one interviewed every millionaire because I was deeply in debt, very broke. And I was you know almost suicidal depressed. And so it's like, one action step I took was I'm going to interview people who have succeeded. And I found out they all had something in common. They had been where I was. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that gave me hope. And it gave me an idea that if I work over time, anyway, so put a plan in writing. Number two, let life be your, your, uh, your trigger to what you're supposed to be leaning into. And while like unreasonable hospitality, we all read that book at the same time because somebody gave that to us. I'm not anti that. I think that's really smart. I think that's great. Get around mentors because at some point that is that learning is not going to go to waste. However, I'm going to put a lot of my time into what am I currently facing? So like if Lucas Shredden's being authentic and honest now, it's clarity of vision. What do I want the next 10 years, five, 10 years to look like? What energizes me? What are my goals? What are my dreams, aspirations for my family and myself? So I'm leaning into clarity. I'm leaning into probably secondarily, how do I stay in a place of inner peace? How do I stay in a place where I transcend the noise? And, and so put, put a plan in place, let life be your, your, your teacher. And, and then I think I hear it from Drew is like, then once you learn, journal it. What, you, what just, you just hit the nail on the head, whether you, whether you heard yourself or not, Lucas, in this probably conversation. Probably not because I'm moving too fast, Drew, apparently. No, you just said it. How do I stay in a place of peace? Yeah. See, hey, we just solved we just solved the challenge in this in this podcast of 
in the beginning of this conversation is how do I run towards peace? And by the end of this conversation, how do I stay at peace? Yeah. And that's the dynamic. I, I wrote down this question just for those to reflect and ask yourself, who are you becoming? Yeah. Is it intentional or by default? Are you just allowing life to happen or are you setting some intention of how you're going to improve on the person that you're becoming? And are you becoming somebody that you'd admire? Are you becoming somebody who doesn't have the problem or the challenge you're currently experiencing? Like if you look at your health and, and no offense, but if you get on a scale and it says one at a time, please. Or your doctor says, oh shit, when you walk in the door, okay, then then one, do something about it. But two, is what you're learning and what you're doing going to solve that issue? So when you look ahead a year or two years from now, you're somebody else that you admire. You're somebody else that you aspire to be like. And what are you doing to put that in place? I love that because I think that's the, the 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 point of this conversation for me is great lives must be intentionally constructed. Who I'm becoming must be intentionally constructed. Otherwise, the world stands ready to impose its blueprint on my life. It it, it stands ready to impose itself on us. And I I think what I, I want the, everybody that, for me, I'm even taking away a lot of wisdom from this conversation, so I'm very grateful. It's great lives are constructed. Either you construct it for yourself or somebody else will construct it for you and you'll be out of integrity with God's given design of greatness inside of you. And you'll, you'll always feel that rub like, ah, square peg, round hole, square. I hear that all the time. I feel like a square peg, round hole, square. And it's because you're living somebody else's vision for your life. You architect it. You constructed great lives are constructed and who am I becoming is the question we need to constantly be thinking about and asking and answering. And then how do I resource that? Yeah. Love. And you know, Lucas, great lives, people that we aspire, people that inspire us, that motivate us. Um, we see them do things that are above average, mm-hmm. extraordinary, yeah. They've overcome challenges and difficulties. They didn't work to become conformists, normists. They didn't fit into average. They didn't fit in the peg. They were square. Hell, they were hexagon yeah. attempting, you know, and the rest of the world wanted to put them in a round hole. It's the fact that they wouldn't fit and didn't conform and didn't attempt to, and they stood out. That's what makes them exceptional. That's what makes them people that we study and we admire and say, wow, That's right. they were different. Being different is not easy. Being different is actually hard. You're going to face criticism when you don't go with the norm and the flow. That it's later as the chapters are defined and ultimately as the story works itself through that you see people show up as heroes and as guides to others. And the example that we all want to follow and say, that's, that's the life I want. I want that life. Perfect. Then what intention are you setting for yourself to move towards becoming your best self? There you go. Great, great talk. Great conversation. Appreciate it guys.
Great one today. Yes. Thank you. I I, I wanted to say, well, I got to run, but I'm not going to say that because <laughs> Drew's on the call. I'm not running anymore. <laughs> you can run, but just run in a circle so you don't really get anywhere. That's you're, staying. <laughs> yeah. you're, staying, you're staying at peace. Just use one yeah. leg. Uh, just stay. Appreciate y'all.